the late Roman Empire by Glanville Downey. Chapter One, from the Roman Empire to the late Roman Empire. The components of imperial rule. While the late Roman Empire, here considered to be the period beginning with the reign of Diocletian and ending with the reign of Justinian, exhibited the special historical phenomena that have led scholars to give it a distinctive name, there are certain threads, elements of continuity, that can be traced throughout the history of Roman rule. One of the oldest, most important threads was the tradition of the eternity and sacred character of the Roman state. As early as in the reign of Augustus, in the last years of the first century BC, the phrases Roma Eterna, Urbs Eterna, Urbs Sacra, Eternal Rome, the Eternal City, the Sacred City, appear in the writings of poets and historians. Rome had been founded under divine auspices, and had grown to greatness by the favor of the gods of Rome and the virtues of the Roman people. The gods were eternal, and so the state and people whom they fostered must be eternal also. And since Roma was a city approved and protected by the gods, it was a sacred city. In the time of Augustus, Livy wrote of the rise of Rome to the greatness destined for it by the gods. So long as Rome enjoyed the favor of its divine protectors and conducted its affairs properly, an end to the Roman state was not conceivable. There was no other power in the world like Rome. Joined with the tradition of the eternity of the state was the tradition of the imperial office as both the instrument and the embodiment of the state. The growth in power and territory of the Roman Republic had brought into being what was in effect a republican empire. But the machinery of the old Roman city-state was unable to administer the new territories properly. Augustus created an imperial administration that met the needs of the new world state. His system, which was in name a continuation and adaptation of the machinery of the republican form of government, was in fact the government of a princeps, a first citizen, ruling on the basis of his personal authority and prestige, and with the consent, even the desire, of the people. Augustus, the first princeps, was in many ways the greatest. In part, he owed his success to his personal popularity. The new regime assured peace and prosperity. The emperor, who gradually became a divine figure, stood as the father of the country, the symbol of Rome's power, and the embodiment of continuity. In principle, the state still consisted of the senate and the Roman people. The emperor was the head of this state, and the symbol of its majesty, and a good emperor was bound to be popular. At the same time, according to traditional formality, he needed recognition by the Senate, which by vote confirmed the powers of each emperor in succession. Because he possessed supreme authority, the emperor was also charged with ultimate responsibility. 
treason was a crime against the majesty of the Roman people, as incorporated in the emperor. If the imperial rule of necessity had come to be absolute, it also was limited by the recognition that the rule existed in answer to a need, and this entailed a so-called good emperor's acceptance of his responsibility. A further essential aspect of the structure of Roman rule at the time of the origin of the late empire was the concept that Roman rule was not only eternal and imperial, but universal.